And I'm Allison Kane. And today we are coming to you with a topic that has been, hmm, a little challenging. It has, actually. Um, I was like, we should talk about the modern day armor of God. We always hear about the armor of God. It's like Sunday school lessons and things like that. Yes. But what did that look like? We struggled. Yeah, so then Allison says, Hey, uh, Armor of God's coming up, the modern-day Armor of God. Why don't you have your kids do that for a school assignment? Yeah, you know, get them in. Make it a lesson. And then I was pretty sure, like, lightsabers and capes and things would come in, and then we would just, I don't know, probably have to be in another genre for a while with our podcast. (laughs) I do love some Star Wars. Just saying. Right? Um, When I say, may the Force be with you, of course I mean God and the Holy Spirit. But I do, yeah. That is so Christianese. I loved it. <laughs> That's amazing. So anyways, I was up last night thinking, the modern day armor of God, what does this look like? Spanx and... Um, Cell phones and fake eyelashes. Yeah. Lip it, plumper. It just didn't feel good. It just didn't feel right. So we have decided um, to take a little different twist on this. But before we do, I'm going to read you something from Paul Harvey. And he delivered this message April 3rd of 1965. Mm. And if this doesn't blow your mind, Allison heard it for the first time a few minutes ago. If this does not blow your mind, y'all, it is a little bit frightening. So this, these are Paul Harvey's words. If I were the devil, the prince of darkness, what methods of deception would I use to rule the world? What areas of society would I target? What tactics would I employ? So this is an article by Mark Hamby. He's talking about the transcript of Paul Harvey. Then we get into Paul Harvey's words right here. If I were the devil, if I were the prince of darkness, I'd want to engulf the whole world in darkness and I would have a third of its real estate and four fifths of its population. But I wouldn't be happy until I had seized the ripest apple on the tree, the... So I would set about however necessary to take over the United States. I'd subvert the churches first. I'd begin with a campaign of whispers. With the wisdom of a serpent, I would whisper to you as I whispered to Eve, do as you please. To the young, I would whisper that the Bible is a myth. I would convince them that man created God instead of the other way around. I would confide that what is bad is good and what is good is square. And the old, I would teach to pray after me, our father, which art in Washington. And then I'd get organized. I'd educate authors in how to make lurid literature exciting so that anything else would appear dull and uninteresting. I'd make TV look worse than movies and then make movies look worse than TV in a vicious cycle that just gets worse and worse. I'd peddle narcotics to whomever I could. I'd sell alcohol to ladies and gentlemen of distinction. I'd tranquilize the rest with pills. If I were the devil, I'd soon have families at war with themselves, churches at war with themselves, and nations at war with themselves until each in its turn was consumed. And with promises of higher ratings, I'd have mesmerizing media fanning the flames. If I were the devil, I would encourage schools to refine young intellects but neglect to discipline emotions. Just let those run wild until before you knew it, you'd have to have drug-sniffing dogs and metal detectors at every schoolhouse door. Within a decade, I'd have prisons overflowing. I'd have judges promoting pornography. 
Soon I could evict God from the courthouse and then from the schoolhouse and then from the houses of Congress. And in his own churches, I would substitute psychology for religion and deify science. I would lure priests and pastors into misusing boys and girls and church money. If I were the devil, I'd make the symbol of Easter an egg and the symbol of Christmas a bottle. If I were the devil, I would take from those who have and give to those who wanted until I had killed the incentive of the ambitious. And what will you bet I couldn't get whole states to promote gambling as a way to get rich? I would caution against extremes in hard work and patriotism and moral conduct. I would convince the young that marriage is old fashioned, that swinging is more fun, that what you see on TV is a way to be, and thus I could undress you in the public and I could lure you into bed with diseases for which there is no cure. Mm. Paul Harvey, one smart guy. That was in 1965, and I don't know about you, but it seems like it is a picture of what we are living right now. Definitely, for sure. And I think this really speaks to why we needed to go back and take a really close look at the armor of God. The full armor is meant to bring us strength and stability and encouragement so that we can receive all the power, all the peace, everything that God has for us as believers. So in case you want to look it up in your Bibles and you don't know, because I can't ever remember things. Um, the armor of God is found in Ephesians 6, like verses 10 through 18. And it's made up of six things. So we've got the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace, shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And today we want to just touch on the first three. So this will be part one, part two. Um, and we're going to kind of break it down into where, so the belt of truth is first. Right. Where, what is that, you know, and then how is that being attacked on us now? Ooh, I mean, that's just like where I told Melissa, I said, where is the, it not, where are we, <laughs> where are we not being attacked <laughs> when it comes to truth? I mean, right. and I think, the belt of truth means that you put your, we need to put our full trust in God's truth and what he says. That means that we value his truth more than any of the lies of the world or that Satan is whispering in your ear. Shoot, sometimes he's shouting in right? mine, just saying. And it's, it's like, are you going to believe what God says about you? Or are you going to believe what the devil says? Kind of goes back to Paul Harvey, right? Because he's our deceiver. Uh, not Paul Harvey, but the devil. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's also not even the enemy. I was just having a conversation with someone earlier today. We accept lies from other people, mm -hmm. people that have influenced our lives, whether it be our family members or our friends um, or our media influencers that we look at. They are also feeding lies to us. That's right. And so if you're not comparing that to the truth, you will quickly lose your identity and then you don't know where you're going. Right. This truth, I mean, it's, it can be as simple as someone saying to you when you're using healthy boundaries, you're so mean, you're so cruel. Um, no, I'm just protecting my heart so that I can be a better person and I'm trusting in who I am in Christ, right? That I'm loved, adored, and cherished. Um, truth we seek and we find only in one place. Yeah. It's, I mean, God's word, the Bible, I'm sorry, ain't no more truth out there. 
Yes. And you know, this is where that journal that we, this is where the journal that we wrote came in because I struggled with all that for so many years because I did have a childhood where I was being told differently. Um, I had so many lies that I was believing mm-hmm. and it took a long process for me to figure it out and unravel the lies and find the truth of God's word. I mean, it is everywhere in the Bible, but it took me a long time to go there because there were so many other options that weren't very good, but I tried them all. <laughs> well, some, you know, some are easier yes. than sitting down with the word of God because we have all these excuses about that. Um, you know, it's just too hard to understand or I don't have time or it doesn't, it's not relevant. Or I'm just not smart enough to read the Bible and I don't even know where the books of the Bible are so or what they are. So why would I open that? I mean, y'all, I can't remember. Like, I'm just not one of those that can remember, oh, this scripture is, you know, in this book of the Bible. Like, I know the scripture, but I have no idea where it is or what verse it is. Some people are really good at that, but I still know the word of God. So it's okay. You know, you don't have to be perfect. The the most important thing is that you recognize that the truth comes from him and it doesn't come from anyone else, even someone that you truly admire that walks this earth. They are a flawed individual. There is truth from one place and we need to protect ourselves with that truth and only let that in, which, you know, I think really goes into this, this breastplate of righteousness. I mean, I think of it as like, body armor because that's like so modern and cool it's right very cool i imagine it to be like black with a little bit of like silver accents <laughs> there you yeah. go but really you know the word righteousness to me is very um churchy or not really well defined for me and so mm-hmm. because i don't didn't grow up in this era of you know reading the bible so i am looking at priscilla shire's armor of god which by the way if you've never done this study it is amazing even if you do it by yourself pick the book up because you'll be shocked at the things that you find out about yourself about the lies that we've been listening to and the tactics of the enemy to be honest but it says righteousness is the means of right living the process by which we apply the truth to our lives and produce conduct honoring and pleasing to God. Mm. So we can tell that righteousness is hard for Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love to, I mean, if you think about like this, I like how it defines it. It's not just full body armor, right? Well, this whole thing is full body armor, but this is the breastplate of righteousness. And you think about what that covers and that is covering um, and protecting your heart. Yes. I love that. Your vital organs. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a scripture, can't remember where <laughs> <laughs> above all else, guard your heart. You know, that is the top thing that is, it's being attacked. And we're told over and over again in scripture to guard our hearts because it can deceive us. And I think, you know, protecting our core is what keeps us safe from every spiritual attack that's going on, whether it's an untruth or a challenge or an addiction it also can affect, you know, how we, if we're walking in confidence yes. as a child of God and who we are in him. Because when our heart is protected and it's healthy in there and mm-hmm. we're protecting it, it's so much easier um, to walk in that confidence. And no, you don't have to earn God's favor. You're already in, girl. Right. Like when you accept the Lord as your savior, like you're in, it doesn't matter. There's no, 
it doesn't matter if you've written a book or not written a book or you go to church every three times a week or you go one time a week. We are all in the or same. Or once a month. I mean, if well, that's an option. <laughs> or that. We're all, as believers, just, we all have access to that same Holy Spirit. And y'all, this, I, I'm not trying to like really harp on the church thing, but there are so many that have been hurt by the church or that have strayed from the church and feel like they're not good enough to go back into that building. Number why that that is a lie from the pit of hell. But also, you can find the Holy Spirit in your living room. The Holy Spirit is always attainable for you where you are. Mm -hmm. So start small. If you feel like I could not step into a church because of something that happened or, you know, someone told me that I wasn't good enough to go to church, whatever it is, start small. God is going to lead you to his building to commune with people just like you. We're all in the church. That's right. So if we were to talk about how our righteousness is being is, attacked, is being attacked. I mean, people test my righteousness every single day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like people want me to show up and show out. And it's always just under the surface for me, you know? I think we, this world is constantly throwing up um, things in our face about, it's fine if you want to have pre, everybody has premarital sex. Like, that's just what you do. Like, what? Why would you get married before you moved in together? I just feel like this world is, we are constantly fighting against it. We are those salmon swimming upstream every single day. And now we just have more opportunities of visuals and media and whatever, all the things that are constantly in our face that are pointing us in the opposite direction of what it means to live you know, this life that God has called us to. I mean, when we put on that breastplate of righteousness, we are trusting what God has done for us through Jesus. And that is all that you need. Right. That's what you're putting your trust in. I love it. I was in an event last week. I may have discussed it last week, but um, the speaker said, we can't earn our way to heaven, so we can't unearn our way to heaven. And I thought, I love that because sometimes I have really bad days and I am not very righteous. Right. You know, um, we all fall short every single day, multiple times a day. But we're striving, and I, I shouldn't use that word, but our goal, we're trying to attain to be closer to Jesus and live like Jesus and love like Jesus, yeah. but we're never perfect. Um, we might lose our temper with our kids. That doesn't mean that you're not going to heaven. If you were told that, that is a lie. Yeah, righteousness. I mean, the the fact that you, you're already, we are already good enough to be received by God. By well, just the, acknowledging him. Right, it's, it's not crazy. that we're good enough. It's no. that Jesus is good enough. And he's like holding our hand like, hey, she's with me. Yeah, <laughs> our gift like that's been given to us and we don't deserve crap. It's like standing outside that club, right? And only VIPs can get in. But the VIP goes and takes your hand and walks you in the door. And you're like, oh, yeah, I'm somebody. You didn't get in there because of who you are. You got in there because of VIP. And our VIP is Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, it's nothing that we it's nothing that we can do on our own. It's all from him. And I think it is so important. Like, we are not, we can work towards, you know, keeping on this breastplate of righteousness and trying to live and follow his ways but we aren't going to be perfect. So don't let the shame and guilt, because that, if we're going back to truth, 
because we're supposed to have started there. The truth is not shame and not guilt, but you're loved and you're forgiven. Yes. Okay. So all these fit together. So don't, (laughs) don't lose sight of that. And then we go into the shoes of the gospel of peace. I love to think about all the different shoes in people's closets. Mm. I was thinking about mine, you know, like we're always prepared in our shoe department, most people, most women that I know. She's saying most because I'm not, but I do love her shoes. She's got a great Okay, but listen, like if you're going bougie, you've got your heels, Mm -hmm. right? And I have some (laughs) really little cute ones that I don't wear that often, but you know, they're there when I need them. And then if it's raining, yeah. I have my extra tufts, yes. right? Or my duck boots. Um, and they're not sponsoring us in any way. Those are just the shoes I wear. <laughs> and if you're going to the beach. Oh, I have my uh, flip-flops. Or if it's winter, I have my really super warm snuggly boots. But I still, even when it's cold in the winter, take off my snuggly boots and socks and put my feet in the sand. Side note. <laughs> Side note. It has um, nothing to do with it. Because bare feet are kind of like shoes too. So we have, and then we have our tennis shoes for exercise. Anyway, my point in this is that I love how shoes goes with this gospel of peace. Because what is the gospel of peace? That means that we are always ready, that we're always prepared to take the message of God's peace to the people around us. I just think it's so cool that shoes go with this one. (laughs) (laughs) because you know we are always thinking about we do have all these shoes for different situations but we're always ready for it usually and that's what the shoes of the gospel of peace are it's like be ready always be ready yes for this opportunity for me when i read that i think spend all your time in the word of god so you can have peace in your heart because you're getting ready to like see some craziness today and we don't want you to lose your righteousness there you go (laughs) We don't want you, we don't want you to, you know, don't test my sanctification. So I love first Peter three, five says, um, but in your hearts, honor Christ, the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you yet do it with gentleness and respect. Always be prepared. So I'm going to tell you that when you said, Read the line about defense. Always be prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Like, how can you be so hopeful in all this? How can you still be happy and find joy in this situation? So for me, when when I see the word defense, I feel like I had better be super duper prepared. But really all I say is, Jesus, Jesus loves me. How many times do you hear me say that? Yes. Jesus loves me. That's my defense because Jesus doesn't need defending. He doesn't mean, need me to defend him, but I just need to tell them where it's coming from, right? Yes. I love it when I tell you something, you know, of how God has just worked something out or really cool, some God stop in the moment. And you're like, Jesus loves you so much. <laughs> and it's like, that's the perfect response. I mean, that's how I got because I'm not real big. <laughs> but I just see him act in so many ways, yeah. you know. Um, I love this. And I think that as we see him at work and we focus on that and we get used to that, it is so much easier to always have on these shoes 
of the gospel of peace. When we know that he is in the middle of everything, when we began practicing seeing him showing up in these little tiny ways throughout our day and our life, it is so much easier to be ready to give that person, you know, a reason for the hope that we have in him with gentleness and respect. That's very key. But, you know, it means we can always be prepared to have to take that message of God's peace to people around us because he's showing us all the time. I mean, the other day, it had been a really long day. Lots of big things had happened and stressful things and hard things. And I had just been in communication with God all day. And mm-hmm. I had truly seen him at work in so many details. It was like he had a bullhorn and <laughs> a spotlight, like the kind you go flounder gigging with, if you know what I mean. People she from said the coast. Flounder gigging. I love you. Every <laughs> podcast I learned something new. We can have a podcast there was on a flounder whole gigging. Last time. That's right. You just never know what's gonna come out of my mouth. Um Southerners were very exciting. Um I forgot. Oh, at the end of the day, I said, I think I'd like to say the blessing. And I said, dear God, thank you. Amen. Oh my goodness. And honestly, like it brings me to tears just (laughs) saying that again. It was like, I don't need to go into a, a big, long speech. We have been talking all day long. And I just want to say, I acknowledge you. Thank you. And you know what, that is, I love that because so many times we think that, you know, we have to do these grand gestures, but the constant communication throughout the day brought the peace that you needed in your heart. And then you took the time just to say, thank you. You know, cause God's saying, I see you all day. And you're saying, mm-hmm. I saw you too, yeah. you know? And that's really that personal relationship with God that we know that will change every single person's life that shoots for it because God says, um, ask and you'll receive, seek and you will find. Um, and so this is why we just encourage you guys to dig into your Bible and take the time to pray and spend time as much as you can with a clear mind, just sitting with God. Yeah. This gospel of peace, like, I mean, we're going to talk next week about the other, the other three, but we are his ambassadors. We are the salt and the light of the world. We are his hands and feet, all in scripture. Don't ask me which ones. <laughs> Look those up. It'll be a great little activity for you this afternoon. And if you homeschool, make it a lesson. There That's you what go. you try to do at my house. Yeah, it's very, <laughs> I'm sure you can talk about synonyms and adjectives and all the things. But we are already that. We are already enough, and he is already there. And with this armor of God, there is so much. Um, there's so much power in that and so much truth and so much love and grace. It is just incredible to be studying this. So We are grateful that you joined us today, and we hope that you'll stick around and join us next week for part two of the modern-day Armor of God. See you next week on The Center in the Saints.